Hey, paisanos, it's the Super Sentai Brothers Super Show. Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is a uh, this is another interstitial episode. It is the the third and final of our current streak of uh, sort of mid season episodes, or rather unusual episodes. I guess it's actually only our second mid season episode. Um, but uh, today is Creature Royale, uh, yeah. where we will be talking about all of the monsters in all of the remaining monsters in Jetman, telling you our thoughts about them. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Pretty good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear yeah. it. Uh, are you excited to try to remember Jetman? Yeah, uh, I was actually looking through this list, and I okay. I'm not going to suggest that we do this like on the regular, and we're actually I we are eliminating the possibility of doing this. But I almost feel like there is a way in which waiting to do all of these monsters until a literal calendar year later might really help out the list because some of these people I'm looking at and I say, oh yeah, I remember that monster. And some of them I'm looking at and I say, I don't remember that monster. So clearly they're not that cool. Yeah, I do have up, uh, I've got some wiki pages open so that I can refresh our memories as we're going through. Oh, nice. Good, good, good. Uh, well, so I, I actually did a little bit of prep work this week. How about that? Look at you. Well, you know, Matt, we're about to start season four. At some point, I feel like we ought to, we got to step up that particular game. But Matt, we've got a lot. There's 27 monsters we're going to try and get through. So let's get into it. Let's do it first. going to crack up in a cold bev. Hold on a sec. Yeah, sure. So while Matt's doing that, he has compiled the list of all the monsters in order of appearance through Jetman. Mm-hmm. So if you uh, if you listen to the Jetman season or you've just watched Jetman, you are going to hear some old favorites. If you didn't, well, again, as with all the interstitial episodes, uh, we love that you're here. We're stoked about it. This maybe is not the best episode of the Super Sentai Brothers to start on. Yeah, this is going to be a real fun time for our uh, longtime listeners. Uh, everyone else, um, listen to the old ones first and get back to this, and we will catch you next week for the beginning of season four. Yeah, uh, but again, we are, we're super excited that you're here. This is just a weird spot to start. So, Matt, first on the list that we have... Now, we have actually already done some of the Jetman monsters. Yeah, so, we've done up through, I think, the first ten episodes or so, uh, which got us as like far that. as uh, the God Noodle, which, uh, or Noodle Dimension. Yeah, which is a pretty good a good spot to end, because Noodle Dimension is pretty... Actually, he's number four on the list, or five. Yeah. He's an amazing monster. Our next monster after him is not nearly as amazing. Matt, it's Vending Machine Dimension. Okay, so Vending Machine Dimension was... I remember when we watched this episode, he was a real disappointment. It was a good episode. And what was weird is that the Vending Machine Dimension, the effect that he had on the team was very cool. Because if you recall, um, he was the vending machine in their like uh, training facility uh, yes. at the J program. Um, and what would happen is... the the Rangers all... I'm sorry, the Jetmen. They weren't Rangers that year. I'm sorry. Yep. Uh, Got to recalibrate here. The Jetmen all got some juice to drink after a hard day's at the workout, and the juices all affected them differently. 
So like, oh, it it it, rev- it took all of their personalities and reversed them or something. So yeah. Ryu became very lazy and Raita became very aggressive, I think. Yeah, it was something. It was something like that. Uh, the thing that I actually, I actually do remember this monster a little bit, which I'm kind of surprised by. Uh, but it's not going to work in his favor because the thing that I remember about this monster is that he looked just almost impossibly stupid. Uh, he was like a weird little goblin monster, and he yeah. had bottle openers on his knees, kneecaps. Yep, and he yeah. Would- he would shoot coins at people, like out of the coin slot of the, his vending machine torso. It is as though you took a um, a gremlin toy from the movie Gremlins, like took it apart and placed those body parts in and around a uh, sort of appropriately sized vending machine to make that its torso. That is what this dude looked like. Uh, he... This was a good episode of Jetman, but not because vending machine dimension was cool. Yeah, so I am looking. I'm looking down at the bottom of the list. Um, he's not the worst monster in that he is not actively destroyed by his own, like his own powers or machinations. But yeah, I I'm looking somewhere. If we're looking at the bottom of the list, I feel as though maybe like the funeral figurine ventriloquist might be a good starting point because that was another cool episode with kind of a forgettable monster with a boring design yeah i'm i'm into that so let's take a look if there's anybody kind of around there no i'm pretty cool with that so where matt uh do you think are you thinking above or below yeah, if I was judging episode quality like a little more strongly in these balancing points, I would say above, but just based on the quality of the monster. Uh, Funeral figurine ventriloquist at least had that cool fake out where there was the small guy and the big guy, and you yeah, thought that, that the big guy was in charge, and then you found out later the small guy was in charge. Yeah. And that's a cool trick. That was pretty neat, and I do like him better than Mirror Dimension. So, vending machine dimension. Man, these monsters are so much easier to, like, figure out and remember than the yokai. Oh, I know. Dude, I am, I've been watching, I've been getting into O-Ranger in preparation for the next season. And oh, I'm nice. so glad that they're, like, they are very easily defined and I don't have to do any cultural research to know why they're there. Uh- <laughs> it's just like a bad robot who becomes invisible. I like that. Okay, so, not that I haven't loved Cockroach, but, okay, so, coming up next, we, oh, I'm sorry, what number was that on the list, Dave? That comes in at number pretty low, or high, depending on how many you figure it, no, slot number 75. 75 of what, 81? Yeah, something like that. Okay, so, next on our list, um, we've got somebody I think is going to do a lot better is the bus dimension. Yeah. Okay. So real, if you don't remember the bus dimension was a very cool, it was sort of a murder mystery episode. Yeah. It was a locked room murder mystery where the locked room was a bus. Yes. And as uh, it turns out the bus itself, like the locked room itself was the murderer in this murder mystery. Because they didn't know that the bus was a monster, and they were just riding it the whole time. Which is a pretty, like, that's a pretty great uh, twist. I'm pretty into that. 
And then it does that great trick because buses are already big. So when it turned into a monster, it just kind of stood up. And I love that. Yeah. Or rather, I think that's the case. I think they I think they pulled that trick because they uh, had the giant robots by that. Yeah, point. yeah, it was something. It was something like it was in that vein. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, I thought this was such a cool trick. Um, I don't remember the bus itself having much of a character. Like there were a lot of no. characters on the bus, but the yeah, bus no, it itself was self. It was basically wasn't. just a bus. So um, I'm looking around apartment building dimension because I feel like it's kind of that same vibe, right? Yeah, like a very cool monster and a neat take on the idea of using a like an inanimate object kind of becoming the monster and like what does that look like and what kind of weird thing could you potentially do with that. So, I did like that quite a bit. So, yeah, so but actually and he's pretty high. Let me find him. Yeah, apartment building dimension is currently number 20 on our list. Uh he's right between the nine-tailed Katsune and, and uh, Heatwave heat hood. hood. Okay. Um, I think I would probably go... Man, I don't know. Apartment building dimension... Like, just for, like, shock and awe factor that they got an entire apartment building and, and turned it into the monster was pretty amazing. Um, yeah, but the, but the bus was a secret, mur- like, secret killer that was murdering people, like, one by one throughout the episode. Like, yeah. There was a lot of cool suspense with that. Okay. Uh... You know, I think I would go. I think I would go um, just above apartment building dimension. Then, okay. Well, so actually, he, okay. So now that we're there, Kitsune cooler than the nine-tailed fox demon. Um, I mean, maybe Kitsune was very cool. Kitsune, rem- yeah. Go ahead. Like that was that was another really cool episode. Um, she had a very. I don't know, man. The more the more that I'm remembering the Kitsune episode, like all the weird stuff with like the oh, that's processionals right, the weird... and the oh yeah, that was that like also the... was super strange and crazy. Okay, cool. yeah. So let's just say one spot above apartment building dimension. So that knocks everybody down. Okay, Matt. So bus dimension comes in at spot number twenty. How about Camera dimension. I'm going to be uh, honest, man. I don't really remember much about camera dimension. Okay, so let me remind you of camera dimension. Camera dimension was... Uh, he was part of a two-part episode, which is where they finally developed the Jet Striker, which, as you may recall, was Ryu's dune buggy that turned into a giant cannon. Oh, yeah. So camera dimension had the ability to take a photograph of you... And then you would get like sucked in through his magic camera and turn into a photograph in like this photo album. And you were stuck in there and like if the photo got destroyed, you would get killed. So at the beginning of the first part of the two-parter, uh, the camera dimension got Kauri, like got a picture of Kauri. And so okay. then in the second part, Guy and Ryu had to work together to defeat him, to save Kauri. And there was this weird bit where his only weakness was, like, as his aperture was opening, but, like, you, it, their, like, bird blasters weren't strong enough to kill him, but the, like, the point that needed to be hit was too small for Jet Icarus to be able to, like, get at it, which is why they had to do all of the Jet Striker stuff. Okay. Well, I love the Jet Striker. 
Uh, now that you say it, I re- a little bit remember that that monster, um, but not not totally. So yeah, so he's not going high on the list, but like he's not bad. Yeah, there are a lot of monsters in Jetman that I feel like are more just sort of there in the episode as an excuse for the characters to like interact next to a monster. Mm. And I feel like that's the case in a lot of the shows, but Jetman is so much about the characters and their relationships to each other that like you kind of don't bother with a lot of character development for the monsters in a way that you do in like a Cocker Ranger or Die Ranger. Yeah. Um, and this was definitely one of those. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Because the more I'm thinking about this episode, really what this episode is about is Ryu and Guy and Kaori and kind of like what all is mm-hmm. happening, like what all is happening with them. Okay, so let's let's scroll down here. How do you feel he stacks up against the faucet dimension? So faucet dimension is currently at spot number 65. And I, yeah, that works for me. Uh, he's down actually, in... I don't know. that Now that I'm looking at the people who are down there, I feel like he, like, I don't think he's as good as Azuki or I. No, uh, he's not. He's definitely not as good as character find of 2016 energy, but. No, actually, now that I'm looking at it, I think he's more in the Sergeant Cannon sort of area, which is at number 74 right now. Yeah. Sergeant Cannon got... was a cool design. He's in a good episode. He doesn't really get used much, but they do have to go out of their way to beat him. He yeah. Per- I would put him above that because he's in a two-parter and they have to really try harder. And, like, capturing Kauri in the photograph is a cool hook. Like, that's a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty neat idea. I dig that. So, here we go. Camera Although, dimension. honestly, that, that puts him right below Man of Jars. Hey, Dave, who was Man of Jars? Hmm, that's a very good question, Matt. Because if you don't remember and I don't remember, maybe Cameron Dimension goes right above Man of Jars. Okay, so Man of Jars in its spot 74, Camera Dimension in its spot 73. And next on the list, Matt, is... Oh, Matt, I just saw one of our my favorite all-time monsters ever, and I can't wait to get to him on the list. Next, Matt, is... It's not this one. It's Voice Dimension. Okay, Voice Dimension, if you recall, is the one who stole um, Akko's voice. He had, like, speakers on his shoulders, and his body was made up of, like, weird lips, and he sucked in the voices of people, and they sounded like weird, garbled-up robots. Oh, Uh, yeah. So she wasn't able to sing, and he was, like, collecting all of the chaos of, like, women's screams, Um, but he was... He was specifically going after women's voices because their screams were more, like, destructive or something. Which immediately makes me feel like Voice Dimension is, like, a piece of crap. Yeah, and also I remember his look inspiring a lot of, like, weird body horror. Yeah, who else? The the mirror monster from Die Ranger had a similar, like... Yeah, like, like relationship similar, like, weird, with women. sexist, yeah. Okay, so... So I, where's he? Because I think that this dude goes below that. He's... Well, he's not 78, because uh, that's Mirror Dimension, who is, like, also just, like, a weird goblin with... 
with like a mirror body. Uh, mirror. Uh, Master Mi- Mirror. Master, Master Mirror is, is at number forty. So no way, dude. This guy is this guy is way below that. Um, I'm looking at people like I'm just scrolling down this list, and I have yet. Like, I'm down in, like, 74, 73. I don't like him as much as any of those people. I don't like him even as much as Kasabake the Umbrella Monster. I don't like him as much as Noparaburo the Immortal Frankenstein. I... I think he's, like, basically at the bottom of the list, maybe above Father Magnet and General Cactus. Okay, you want to put him right below Cherry Blossom Viscount? I, yeah, I think so, man. Because, like, what is this? He's, like, a weird, awful, like, body horror monster who has, like, uncomfortable opinions. And the only reason that he's not is that General Cactus is, like, the worst monster. Yeah. And Father Magnet, I get, like... He's a magnet beaten... who got beat by magnets. Yeah, he's beaten by his own powers. So, like, that's that's basically it. Um but he's pretty much the worst besides that. Okay. Well, let's throw him right down there, uh, third from the bottom. At spot number 83. Matt, who is next on our list? Dave, next up we got a good one. We've got the Paper Dimension, who is like the living origami dude who yes. can bring pictures to life. That guy, I dig that dude. That guy is really, really cool. Okay, now, here's the problem is we have set the precedent where if you are, like, the the magnet priest is a magnet who got beaten by magnets. Um, paper Dimension is a paper dude who got beaten by one of his paper creations, didn't he? He... Although there was some weird, like, ghost of a little girl, um, like, interference in there. So yeah, I'm going there was to... some other there was some other stuff happening. But... He does, okay, he brought, I mean... Dude, he brought spaghetti to life and made spaghetti strangle a lady. Okay, yeah, that's pretty amazing. So, well, okay, we have actually a very convenient marker here, Matt, because basically right at the middle of the list are the ring priestesses, or the jewelry priestesses, ring necklace and uh, earring priestess from Die Ranger. So, do you like Origami Dimension better or worse than the jewelry priestesses? I'm saying better. I'm saying like he's better. Got a, he's I, got a I, cool look, yeah. and I just, I really dig the idea that he's bringing origami to life. I think that's just such a neat, uh, a neat concept. His yeah, and he would like shoot paper streamers at people and wrap them up. I am looking up towards a monster that I think is um, comparable, which is the fashion dimension. Yeah, remember fashion dimension was the living. Um, sewing machine who would throw clothing on people and those people would become whatever that costume was. Yeah, I was actually kind of thinking the same same space. Now, I don't... Man, which do I like better? Because that idea for fashion dimension, like turning people into stuff is super, super rad. And I believe that's where we got the lady sniper who never misses her mark, if mm-hmm, uh, if mm-hmm. I recall correctly. Yeah, so yeah, you that's got it. huge. Um, so I don't Now, Paper think... Dimension did accidentally bring a little girl back, well, sort of back to life, uh, only to be defeated by the power of her magical ocarina. Oh, yeah. Man. Uh, okay, so... Dude, Jetman was very good. Jetman was so good. 
I should kind of, I think I might go back and watch Jetman, like, I, as though I have the time. But uh, I, if I could find the time, I would like to do that. So I'm going to say, oh, that's, uh, okay, well, definitely not too far, too far off. Um, I definitely, that's my floor, absolutely. Is the fashion dimension? Um, is fashion dimension. I, I wouldn't go any lower than that because right underneath that is Mouth Monster and... Um, yeah, Lipstick Stong Stress, who I do love, but I don't think is really in this uh, this category. Yeah, so... I'd do say you like, just... Do you like Paper Dimension more than you like Heat Wave Hood? He Man. was amazing because he had like a hell dimension in his stomach that uh, uh, I was Daigo had say, to punch his way out of. That's the real strength of Heat Wave Hood is the episode that he's in. Like that's the only reason Heat Wave Hood is as high on this list as he is. Right, but that um, episode was so good that he's got a lot of momentum. But the Paper Dimension episode is also really good, and Paper yeah, Dimension himself is cooler than Heat Wave Hood, who is I, essentially just a fire monster. Yeah, I think I might actually go one above. Heat wave hood. Well, then we're in apartment building dimension, and I actually think I like it better than apartment building dimension as well. Okay, I don't well, like it apartment... better than bus dimension. Okay, that was going to be my follow up. Okay, cool. So, um, apartment man, apartment building dimension is dropping a few spots this episode. Yeah. Well, listen, there's a lot of very, very good dimensions. Yeah. So they apartment building dimension is down to number twenty two, which puts paper dimension in at number twenty one on our list. Yeah. Okay, Empress. Juza. And the Emp- only thing I remember about her is that she's important. <laughs> well, okay. Empress Juza. Okay, can, can we talk about Empress Juza and Semimaru sort of together? I mean, uh, we don't yeah, have to I necessarily like we, put them on the same spot too. on the list, but we kind of have to talk about them together. If you remember, dear listeners, Empress Juza was the person who had previously been the leader of the Viram, who had been stuck in between dimensions and finally oh, made her way through. yeah, that's right. And then Semimaru is like the giant demon robot. Right. Well, originally Not Semimaru robot, was like but... a little caterpillar, and he grew and grew for a number of episodes. Uh, but that Semimaru was something that Empress Juza had brought. But Empress Juza was only in like one, maybe two episodes before Radigat turned on her and killed her. That's so, right. like, she showed up with a lot of, like, hey, I am in charge now, but so quickly went down that it's almost, I don't even know, honestly, I don't know if we should put her on this list, because she's not really a monster, she's more of just, like, a plot device. Well, you know where she should go, I would say, is the, um, is the leaders, like, the commander's list, and I think she kind of goes at the bottom of it. Nah, I don't even know if I would put her on that list. I think, you know, if I'm going to put her on this list, here's where I think she goes. I think she goes down by, like, Archbishop Saw. Okay, I'm into she that. Sho- like, she shows up some they episodes do fight her. in. They do have to fight her. Uh, like, she brings along something more interesting that sort of sticks around after she's defeated. Um, yeah, so I say... Okay, well, Archbishop Saw is spot, spot number 73, and uh, just below him is Camera Dimension at 74, and then we're into Mana Jars and Sergeant Cannon. I think she's better than Camera Dimension. Do you like her better or worse than Archbishop, Archbishop Saw? I, I do not like her as much as Archbishop Saw. He was like a crazy Captain Lou Albano-looking, like, lightning-shooting... Yeah. Oh, dude, 
I forget who mentioned it. Uh, I apologize to the listener who pointed this out to me for not remembering your name so I can shout you out. One of our litter- listeners let me know that the actor who played Archbishop Saw was the same actor who played like Santa, Santa, Claus? Santa Prime. Yeah. I, as soon as you said he's the same actor, I was like, oh, that was Santa Claus, wasn't yeah. it? He's got that same terrible beard. Okay, so Semi Maru. Okay, Semi Maru, I was thinking about this as I was putting the, as I was putting the list together. Semi Maru, I think, goes in Thunder territory. I absolutely agree, which is pretty low, actually. Uh, it's like mid-low. Let's see. Let me find Thunder on this list. Thunder is... Spot 71, dude. He's he's pretty far down. Oh, wow. And... He's only two above Baron Archbishop Saw. Yeah. Um, now, I I like Semi-Maru a lot more than I like Thunder. Oh, sure. I okay, like so his whole vibe. And uh, he actually had a really cool episode because he was super, super difficult to beat. The Jetman really had to do some stuff to beat him. Yeah, well, that's they had to. That I think is when they finally got. Um, oh, what was it called when they combined Jet Icarus and Jet Gruder? Mark, whatever, I don't remember. I genuinely do not remember. Um, well, regardless, whatever that was, they had to put it together to, to defeat Semi Maru. Um, and Semi Maru had a very cool lead up where he was like a little caterpillar dude who was gathering energy. Like he existed in the background for, I don't know, 10 episodes or something before he actually emerged from his cocoon. Uh, and he definitely does look like a giant Sentai monster version of like Dracula's weird like red rubber armor from the uh, Gary Oldman Dracula movie. Man, that movie's actually surprisingly good. So, yeah, okay. Well, I don't like him. I like him better than Thunder. I like him better than Energy Bot. I like him better. Okay, then we're, let's see, Azuki Arai, Tengu. I, don't know, I mean, Azuki Arai is an actual character, and that's... No, nah, but, but, but Azuki Arai is sort of one and done. Like, Semimaru exactly. really does stick around, and he's an important, like, figure. Like, if... I think they made a Jetman video game and Semi Mario's in it as like a mini boss. Like Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh so Okay, so let's let's actually scroll up a little bit. I was bit. gonna say, let me jump up. Okay, I don't like him as much as the face licker. Definitely not. I think I like him better than Mujina the manga artist. Dude. Dude, that manga artist episode is wild. Yeah, it okay. Yeah, it is. But Semi Maru is like such a giant part of yeah, the whole okay, Japan thing. Okay. okay, I tell you what, I don't like him I I I can see that. I definitely like him better than Fawcett Dimension. Oh sure. Fawcett Dimension is like a fun idea, but kinda nothing. Okay, so spot number sixty six, just below Mujino, the manga artist, and just above just above the Fawcett Dimension. Yeah, which, like, in, you know, in comparison to how important he is to the season is pretty low. But, like, guys, let's be honest. Semi Maru is, like, all he does is show up and punch. There's nothing. Like, besides that, there's kind of nothing to him other than, like, the looming threat. Yeah. Okay. So and a Matt, lot of that was Radicate being cool. Fortune-telling, fortune-telling dimension. Fortune-telling dimension. Remember this weird dude looked like Mysterio? Or Lady, I think, actually. It was, it was. a lady, and she kind of pulled them into a bizarre blackout dimension. Uh, it was a really, really cool episode. Yeah, she had somehow convinced Kauri. Well, she convinced her using fortune-telling and right. like uh, her tricks that 
if she continued to be a white swan, either she would die or the rest of the Jetmen would die or something like that. And so Kauri was like terrified and running away from the fortune telling dimension. Um, fortune telling dimension looked very cool. Like its head was a crystal ball. It's like shoulders and torso were like a table with a big like black drapey cloth over it. Yeah. Like, candelabras coming off the shoulders and like dice for kneecaps. It was a very cool look. And yeah. I remember it, it had a lot a... of cool like special effects when it did its attacks. Um, but I don't know how I think it goes on the list. Do you have an idea sort of off the, off the cuff here? Man. Hmm. I think I put her, I think I put her in the top half at least. Well, actually, you know what, man, let me take that back. Because as soon as you get into the top half, we're into Oberogumura, the taxi monster. We're into the Kukagan, the disease monster. We're into the sickle weasel, Kama Itachi. Yeah, that sickle weasel, though. I don't think she's up there. Um, well, do I like her better than Master Mirror? I actually do like her better than oh, Master yeah, Mirror. Oh, yeah, I like her better than the Master Mirror. Uh, I, okay. I don't like her as much as I like Shiraniri the Ragman. Okay, then, so what's right below that? Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Shiryu? Shiryu. I think I like it better than Lieutenant Shiryu, man. Like, all right. Well, I, I will, I will defer to you on that. I know you really like Lieutenant Shiryu. I do really like Lieutenant Shiryu, but Dude, she's any, just any of these monsters that has their own like weird pocket dimension. I am super into. Okay, Matt, who is the next? On the list, uh, the next on our list, Dave, is the vacuum dimension. Do you remember the Do you remember the evil vacuum cleaner that stole people's love? Nah, <laughs> I <laughs> really? wish I did. There was an Matt. evil vacuum cleaner. Okay, so there was. A, let me. You, I think you'll remember this one. There's a little girl. Um, her older sister, I think, is just about to get married. The vacuum cleaner like sticks its vacuum cleaner head inside the church, sucks away her love and her. Like, yeah, just her love. She runs away from the altar. The little girl tries to, like, go after the monster. And it's a whole Guy episode where Guy is running around with this little girl, like, trying to save love. And it's a, it's a very good Guy episode because it's early enough in the show where he's still sort of a, a, you know, a very tough dude. And it really is a good showcase for him warming up to the people around him. That sounds... It's a good good episode. The monster is just a vacuum cleaner that steals love, which is a funny idea, but not, like, super... Like, it's no key clown, you know? Yeah. The early... You know, I'm noticing a trend here where I think that the early um, dimensional beasts are not going to do super well on this list. And then, as we transition into the biodimensional beasts, we're gonna we're have to gonna scroll like up a get lot cranked. Higher. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm thinking the bottom half of the list, at least. Let me just let me just throw something out at you. Not as much as Diamond Dimension, that's for sure. 
No, where's Diamond Dimension number 62? Diamond yeah, Dimension no. is spot number 62. Okay. I like it better than Azuki Rai the Bean Washer. Okay. Okay, I'm comfortable with that. Put him above the Bean Washer. Bean Washer okay. has that cool cop stuff, but he also has those weird moles on his face, which... Yeah, that kind of hurts him. I mean, there's nothing against having moles on your face. That's, you know, do you, but... They're very obvious and weird-looking makeup, and it sort of distracted me the entire episode. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot. Okay, so next up, Matt, is the trash dimension. Slash Pouton, Dave. We got a heavy hitter right here. Oh, man. I love... Okay, so Pouton slash the trash dimension. It was Akko's teddy bear that she discarded and then Putan was brought to life as a dimensional beast and turned into a monster and then was saved by the power of Akko's love. Yeah, so Putan like followed her around, but he was made out of trash and he was smelly. And so they worked out a deal where he could live in a local dump and like consume the garbage. And, and he, he like made friends, friends with, with the, the dump garbage guy. Man. It was amazing. Yeah, garbage man, not dump guy. <laughs> yeah, there's a name for those people, Matt. Um, those people. There's a name for that profession that we desperately, desperately need in modern society. Uh, so, and, and then, like, people upset him, and he goes evil and gets giant, and he, like, he turns things into trash. He does this weird... I forget how we came up with the theory that he could bring people back to life. Oh, because he can restore trash to its pristine state. Also, oh, that's right. He could undo the damage that he had done. So if he zapped a car and that car turned into trash, then he could zap the trash car and turn it back into a regular car. He sure and could. And at some point in the episode, he zapped people and they turned into skeletons. And we so we assumed that he had the ability to turn skeletons into living humans. Right. So he's pretty high on the list, man. It's a tearjerker of an episode. Yeah. What was that tearjerker episode in... Cocky Ranger with like the little boy. Who, oh, like, uh, the good, good boy. Yes. Yeah, he's yeah. spot number 11. I think so Putan I, is in that zone. Definitely. Um, I think I actually like Putan better than Zakashiwarashi. I do too. Yeah, Putan, like just the image of this giant monster made out of trash, but is mostly like a big teddy bear where one of its eyes is sort of falling out in like a cute, sad way. Yeah. Uh, so, it does a lot. Okay, so are we going to just pop him in right in there? Spot number 11, we knock Sakashiwarashi down one? Yeah, I mean, unless you like him better than uh, Nue, the, that sort of like <sighs> chimera scheming dude tough, from Kakarita. Tough to say. Uh, I don't think that I do, though. I mean, so, listen, uh, Putan did not have a ri- international ring of assassins uh, yeah. that included Jiraiya's like, father figure. Yeah, so Matt next... And I'll admit I'm rushing a little bit because I'm just so, so excited. Not for, not even for this guy, but we're getting close. Uh, Light Armadillo. Light Armadillo's fine. Uh, I remember mostly being impressed at the actor who plays the suit, like that runs the suit in Light Armadillo for being just really super agile, doing all sorts of like crazy jumps and flips in that suit. Yes, As now... Monst- and he is the first biodimensional beast, I think, which is he's, which is fun and cool. He's the first biodimensional beast. Now, I want to remind you, Dave, that he himself is not that exciting. But he also created, like, the weird shadow versions of the Jetmen. 
Ooh, that is who had like really the like neat. the color variant armor as they slowly stole away the Jetmen's like life force, and they were slowly getting more and more colors. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So Matt. like like the monster himself, you know, like he was he was a big armadillo man with a spotlight in his chest, and that kind of sucked. But like his shadow powers were amazing. Okay, Matt, I'm going to throw someone out at you who I feel like is in that same, has that same sort of vibe. What do you feel about number 29, Sarugami the Ninja Monkey? Ooh, that Ninja Monkey, though. I feel like there's a very similar, again, not, no, sorry, he's not as good as Sarugami, definitely, because Sarugami is also a fashion icon. Well, but, of course. Yeah. Um, actually,. But I, I feel like that's a good space for him. I'm, that's where I'm going to start looking. Now, just below him is Binbogami, the poor, poor boy, and Omukata, the football centipede. Well, football centipede is also Santa Claus, which I feel like we should write down so we never accidentally forget. Yeah, uh, there's Bakuki at spot number 32, the illusionist, and then Kasha, the fireworks monster. I like him better than Bakuki, the illusionist, I think, if only because of those crazy, crazy shadow shadow jet men. I think the Shadow Jetmen do put him above the Illusionist, but I don't think they put him above Omukade, the football centipede Santa Claus. Well, yeah, just on the strength of that episode, I think is is so, so intense and powerful. Now, Dave, scroll back up. Because we got the heat coming in. Oh, Matt, yeah, you say that I don't even need to scroll back up. This is who I've been waiting for pretty much since we started this. So, here it is, Matt. It's Space Time Mammoth. It's Space Time Mammoth. Okay, let me tell you the things that I love about Space Time Mammoth. First of all, beginning of the episode, he is not created in the course of the episode. Episode starts there already fighting Space Time Mammoth. Because what more do you need? You don't need an explanation for Space Time Mammoth. You just need more time with Space Time Mammoth. Uh, he is a time-traveling mammoth who is made out of clocks. Yeah. Um, he sends them back to caveman times. Yes, he does. Where Raita almost decides to stay uh, because he falls in love with a cave lady. Mm-hmm. Um, he lives in a volcano. He eats yep. gems for energy for no discernible reason. Um, yeah, Spacetime Mammoth rules. Spacetime Mammoth I, is one of those monsters that, um, I feel like we've got a couple of categories of, like, why we like a monster so much, and I think that Spacetime Mammoth falls into the same sort of category as the the Birdcage Vagrant, or Daidarabochi, or uh, Suchigumo, which are like, this is a weekly monster. Yep. Like, it's just, like, a dude they see one time and they have to fight. But his whole deal is so amazing that it just ratchets him up to the top of the list. Yeah, okay. So, okay, so the question is, like, so underneath, at spot number five, uh, God Noodle, then Ushioni the Ryokai Rifleman, Birdcage Vagrant, Daidarabochi the Mountain, and Tsuchigumo. Suchigumo is my is my floor. I think I actually like him. I like him better than Suchigumo. 
I like him better than Suchikumo as well. Although, like, you know, Suchikumo is great. Daidarobachi is also great. Um, I am looking somewhere. I don't... I mean, he's coming at the throne, but I don't know if I am going to be able to say he's better than God Noodle. I don't think so, but I think... Okay, Matt, here's the last thing I'm going to throw at you. Okay, hit me. Is that God Noodle is an amazing... Just an amazing monster. But Spacetime Mammoth has a look. He's like a a time-traveling mammoth pimp. He's just so bananas looking, whereas God Noodle is basically a giant evil cup noodle. Which is, I think, in its own way very special. I think it is. that uh, the Spacetime Mammoth really fulfills the promise of the biodimensional beast just being exactly Mega Man X monsters. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, or Robot Masters in a very, very real way. Like, it is, I think, the most pure version of that. And it's so, the second biodimensional beast. Yeah. Uh, so, Matt, I'll tell you, I, he's either just above or just below God Noodle, but I will, I'll defer to you on that one, because I genuinely can't decide. I, I almost feel like we should flip for it. Because I don't know if there's another way to make this decision. I just, there's nothing else seems fair. I happen to have a quarter on me, Matt. Call it in the air. Oh, well, okay. Let's we we, we did not define the the, the terms. Oh yeah. Of this so I haven't uncovered it yet. If it's heads, God Noodle wins. Tails, it's Space Time Mammoth. Are you ready for the reveal? I am. It is drum roll, please. We don't have a drum. It's tails. It's Space Time Mammoth. Space Time Mammoth. Dethrones Ooh. God Noodle. Coming up hot. New number five. God Noodle is no longer one of our top five, Dave. Well, Matt. Although we do count the three. Um, well, I mean, okay. There's a reason we count the three Stooges together. is because they deserve to be there on the list. Yes. Okay. So, Matt. Man. I feel like everybody else is going to be a little bit of a disappointment after Space Time Mammoth. But well, okay, we we got another heater at the end of the list. That's true. That's true. Okay, so Matt, uh, come up after that is a Spectral Hearse. Okay, I put this on the list. I don't know if it's actually a monster or if we can just sort of move past it. Do you remember the episode where a bunch of the Jetmen got dragged into the back of a hearse that I think Radigate was driving? And then they got thrown back out the back and they thought they were dead, but it actually turned out that their souls were just trapped in hell. And Ryu had to, like, meditate his way into, like, the spirit world to go fight and get them back. Uh, yeah, vaguely. Now, I I don't, I think I don't know Matt, if that hearse counts as a monster or if we can just move past this one. No, I think we can move past that because really what that is is Radigat pulling pulling some shenanigans. So I think we can skip past Spectral Hearse. He's not, you know, what? he's not a dimension. There's no biodimensional bug involved, so he's That's not true. a dimension. So uh, next up, Matt, is Dryer Dimension, which if I recall correctly is just a giant hair dryer. Yes, he's a giant hair dryer. He is an original dimensional beast, not a biodimensional beast, even though he came at that point in the season. Um, he trained up a bunch of the... Oh gosh, what were those guys called? The... 
the, you know, the the, the not minions, the Kodoro the Kodoros, not the Dorodoros, the Jet Putties. Jet Putties. Jet so he, Putties. He trained. We watched fifty episodes of that show. I cannot believe that neither of us remember the name of dudes who were in almost every one of those episodes. Huh. Kotopotoros. Nope, that was Die that's Ranger. Jet, that's Die Ranger. Eh, whatever. Whatever. The I, I apologize to the listeners who are currently shouting at their phones. Yeah. Sorry, guys. So uh, the drier dimension. And then he eventually like turns good, right? Yeah. And just like, goes and cuts hair. Because he, he keeps trying to be menacing, but then he's accidentally like super helpful. And like he wants to go save the baby whose stroller is rolling away. And when a dog runs up, he just like plays with the dog. Like drier dimension kind of rules. Yeah, that's true. And he okay. just retires to the countryside. Like, to he never hair, dies. Yeah. Well, Matt, do we put him up with our other, like, delightful, feel-good monster not-monsters? I think so. And if we do, I'm putting him above uh, Zakushi Warushi. Because I like Zakushi Warushi quite a bit, but I don't think I like him as much as Dryer Dimension because he never plays with an adorable puppy. And he never, yeah, like, trains shock troops to, like, go into battle with him. Yeah. Okay, man. So, now I don't like him as much as Trash Dimension. No, no. Okay, no. now wait. Let me throw this out here. That means we're putting Dryer Dimension above Gali Sensei and the Key Clown and Bus okay. Dimension and all this stuff. Okay. I, I, I appreciate you uh, pulling us back there. I, I think yeah. I might have gotten a little carried away. Yeah, now I like, no, I don't want to say, I like Dryer Dimension a whole lot. He's definitely top half of this list. Um. Okay, so I don't, Okay, Matt, I don't know if this? I like him as much as Key Clown. I might like him more than Dr. Yagami. Ooh, Matt, Dr. Yagami put a drill hand on a legendary Japanese monster. Well, that is true, Dave. Matt, let me okay. Let me throw this to you. How about spot number thirty-one, Bimbogami, the poor, poor boy? They remind me about Bimbogami, the poor, poor boy, because I'm having a hard time bringing it up. Oh no, wait, Matt. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, I gave Bimbogami a like the little moniker I gave him is much too sympathetic. Uh, Bimbogami is like the evil fox clown that makes people poor. Oh, I was yeah, thinking no. of. I was thinking actually of Zakashiwarashi, the video game boy. Um, so, you know, the thing I, the reason I think we were looking at that part of the list, which I think runs from Gali Sensei through maybe even Nue, like that whole chunk, maybe including Hungry Wolf Demon, um, is that those are the episodes that have like a lot of like pulling of the heartstrings. Not that Hungry Wolf Demon himself pulls a lot of heartstrings, but there's a lot of good stuff in there with, uh, uh, Jin the Demon Fist. Yeah. So... I I definitely like Dry Dimension more than I like Yamamba. And Ooh man. Then we're into Kabuki Novice and Kitsune and the Bus Dimension. I don't know, man. I think Dryer Dimension is I, I feel pretty comfortable with my earlier uh, statement of between Key Clown and Dr. Yagami. Alright, I'm I'm into that. Because it still so keeps just him above... up near the top of the list, but he's not like He's not the sort of heavy hitter that the Trash Dimension is. Yeah. Okay, Dave. So what is the next on our list? So next on the list, Matt, is Armor Snake. 
armor snake sounds like somebody from Metal Gear. Yeah, it does. Metal Gear. But it's not. No, it's someone from Jetman, Um, which makes a lot more sense, given the context of what we're doing here. Um, Armor Snake was from that episode where the two people from the other dimension who were able to, like, turn any object into a weapon had come to help fight against the Virum. Or had, like, escaped their, like, dying planet or something. Right, their own dying dimension to, and they, they made it to Earth. Yeah, and so there was this cursed suit of armor that was, like, very heavily snake motifed. I think it had three different snake heads on it. Like, yeah, one on the forehead, looked, one on the head, and one on the torso. It was a very, uh, it was a very, not Cobra Commander, what's that other dude? Uh, Serpentor. Yeah, it was a very Serpentor sort of look. Um, and so this dude uh, didn't really have, like, a character as such, but he was an evil suit of armor that would, like, put himself on you and then control you and force you to be evil. So, like, yes. they couldn't fight against him because if they killed him, they would kill their new Whoever, ally from this other dimension. Yeah. So he's a cool hook, but himself is not actually much of, like, an interesting character or monster. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's not, there's no personality there. It's just like an evil suit of living armor. Okay, so do we have a spot on this list for like a very cool idea that doesn't have a lot of personality going on? Hmm. I mean, I guess apartment building dimension, but I don't feel like Armor Snake should go that high on the list. No, I absolutely agree with you. I'm actually looking kind of down. Like, it's a cool look, and it was an interesting hook of a monster. And the episode it, was cool, but, like, it wasn't, you know, like, it wasn't a cool episode themed around a cursed suit of armor. It was cool because it had these, oh. like, characters from another dimension. Yeah. How about this, Matt? What about Nurikampe, the wall monster from uh, from Kaka Ranger, who himself is not much of a monster, but does have this, like, rad maze that he puts everyone through. Oh, yeah, I think I can get behind that. Okay, so just above him is Kappa and Rokurokubi, and then the traffic light dimension, and just below Nurakabe is the other umbrella and the Four Kings of Heaven. Well, you know, Four Kings of Heaven, I think, is another apt thing to be at this part of the list, because it's a cool look and, like, you know, a fun, well, a cool look. Uh, but it's that's a cool, kind yeah, of it's it. a cool look. It's a rad thing, but there's not actually a whole whole lot going on there. I uh, I, I think yeah. I like him better than the Four Kings of Heaven. Than the Four Kings of Heaven, I think I like him better than Caracasa. The yeah, now hold because okay. Caracasa also like captured Seikai and Saizo and made them dance for um, Daimyo's birthday. Uh, no, 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 no. Isn't that there's two Umbrella monsters? Yeah. The, this is the other umbrella. We have this one on the list as another umbrella because this one came second. Oh, yeah, because Kasabake is down at number 88. Okay, yes, it's yes. Yeah, Kasabake was boring and dumb and only served to introduce us to uh, Boon and Tar- Taro and Jiro. Right, Karakasa is actually pretty amazing. Okay, so I would say above the Four Kings of Heaven but below Karakasa. I feel pretty comfortable with that. All right, sounds good. I wonder if anyone is enjoying this. <laughs> I am. <laughs> okay, next step on our trip down memory lane um, are the three ancient vampire monsters. Uh, the two who were like worshipped as gods and the one who was their servant, Mu. Uh, 
Um, Majin. Oh, the, the I'm sorry. The three the three Majin were Mu, Ramon, and Gorg. That's right. And these are, they turned people into like energy pods that were pineapples and like sucked out their energy with a straw, right? Yeah, but they had this really, okay, so they were around for a couple of episodes, right? So mm-hmm. Moo shows up and, she, and Moo tries to sacrifice Kauri to like use her blood to bring back Ramon and Gorg. A uh, guy goes in to save her. Remember, he like he cuts his own hand to get them to like attack him instead. Oh, uh, and like yeah. saves her from the. It, it was a really great Kauri guy. Couple of episodes, um, but then Ramon and Gorg, after they have been revived, go around the world like saving people. Um, but we later find out in that episode that they've only been saving people. Because, like, they are weird energy vampires and need people to be around so they have something to eat. Oh, that's right. It was just a really great little, like, it was kind of a horrifying twist. I mean, it was made immediately less horrifying by the fact that they were turned into, like, the people were turned into pineapples. But I don't know if they were meant to be pineapples or if that's just sort of what they got to look like an organic ball i was gonna say i feel like they're just their options were a little bit limited well okay matt let me uh let me throw something what about the shooting doji brothers i feel like it's a very similar vibe there's multiples of them yeah they are i think that is a good starting point i think they're gonna go above the shooting doji brothers though because yeah i i I agree i just think that's a good spot to to jump in oh yeah so if, if you recall, the, the last sort of hook is that there, there was a while that, like, Radigate was trying to control them, but they refused to be controlled. And then as they died, like, as Moo died, Moo's energy was absorbed by Ramon and Gorg. And then when, I think it was Gorg died, Ramon absorbed his energy. And so eventually, you just had Ramon, who was, like, had the power of all three of them together, which I think was very cool. And they were around for what, like five, six episodes? Yeah, something like that. So I'll tell you, man, my my floor is the Shooting Doji Brothers, and I think my ceiling is Omukade the Football Centipede. Um If that is your ceiling, I'd put him right I'd put them right below. Well, I'm listen, man, I'm open to I'm open to being convinced. Just Omukade is a football centipede that pretends to be Santa Claus and is like the leader of Santa Claus Village. Uh, I mean, that's a really good point. But, but they, uh, you know, but listen, they, man. These are ancient vampire god monsters who turn people into pineapples. Okay, so who's... I mean, that's my counterpoint. Me, throw something um, at me. Gosh. I feel like they're... And also they're significant to the season. Which I think isn't necessarily something that we should give a ton of weight to. No, I, but like, I think you're correct. But I do think it's significant, and that in that we had them for enough time that they had like established characters. Yeah, right. And yeah, I, I think can dig that, that. I definitely. Dig that. that definitely, I think, at least puts them in the like Doctor Yagami territory. All right. Oh, that's actually a really good point. And now that you say that, I dig them better than Doctor Yagami. But I don't like them as much as Dryer Dimension. Okay, I think that's fair. I think that is uh, fair and almost a little generous to the three Majin. Who I think are connected enough that we don't need to um, rate them separately. 
I I absolutely agree. Okay, so that puts our list up to a total of what is this? Ninety six entries. Uh, yeah, ninety six. Um, and I would love Dave to continue talking to you about oh, let's say adhesive cockroach or. The Ant Bazooka. But uh, we have been doing this for an hour, uh, and we still have enough left that I don't think we're going to have time to get through the rest of them tonight. No, man. No, we're definitely not. <laughs> so how about this? Let's wrap this up tonight, um, and then just so that we can make sure we have this all done by the time we launch into O-Ranger, because I, I do feel like that is a valuable thing to do, uh, let us circle back around on this later this week uh, put out sort of a bonus half episode where we wrap yeah, up the rest of the Yeah, there you guys go. Yeah, so you got... Bonus we, content. <laughs> bonus. We got it going on on our regular day, and then uh, we'll sort of pop something in later in the week. And then next week, we will start O-Ranger. Fresh slate. Clean Sounds good. break. All right. So then that, dear listeners, somewhat suddenly, we'll do it for this episode... <laughs> Of the Super Sentai Brothers, uh, Creature Royale. Uh, we hope that you have enjoyed it. Uh, but before we finish up here, we would like to remind you that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out what we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Super Sentai Bros. If you like the show, please remember, shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. That's what's going to help new people find the show. Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. We are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week, or later this week, this time, uh, for the greatest show on Earth. Uh, the Brothers! The Brothers! The Brothers!